All right, so my name is Alex Barthet. I am a board certified construction attorney here in Florida. So let's talk about payment bonds um, and the rules and exceptions. You're gonna see it's uh, very similar to a lot of the things we spoke about. Many of the rules track um, between liens and bond claims. So let's talk about what a, a payment bond is. Uh, a payment bond is a security instrument issued by you as the contractor to keep the property free and clear of liens. The two most common situations are on a private job, the owner or lender requires you to get a bond, both a payment bond and a performance bond. We won't be talking about performance bonds today, but the payment bond side is to ensure that the project is kept free and clear of liens. And if anyone has a claim on the project for non-payment, their recourse is against your payment bond, not against the property. The other situation is on a public project. All public projects over a certain amount must be bonded. So to the extent that you do any work on a public project, the, the public uh, agency is going to require that you bond. In Florida, um, anything over $400,000 requires a payment bond. Anything between two hundred dollars and $400,000 uh, usually gets a payment bond, but that is at the discretion of the agency. So they could decide, you know what, this is only a $250,000 job. We don't, we're not going to require a bond. But again, anything over four hundred dollars has to be bonded. So how does a sub or supplier know that the job is bonded? Um, that bond is recorded with the notice of commencement and reference to the notice of commencement. Uh, reference to the bond is in the notice of commencement. Now on public jobs, there is no notice of commencement. So a copy of the bond is typically recorded by itself um, in the public record and that's how they would find it. Also a copy of the bond with the notice of commencement, if there is one, is supposed to be posted on the job site. So a leanor should be able to show up to the job site, the job office, and be able to see a copy of that document. All right, so let's run through the steps for a subcontractor or supplier um, or sub-sub to make a claim on your payment bond. So they need to serve something called a notice to contractor within 45 days of their first work on the job. The 45 days is counted just like it was counted for the notice to owner. The notice to contractor is a similar document as it is, as is the um, notice to owner. Most people use a service and that service, uh, the notice service typically uses what's called a combined form. It's called a, a notice to owner slash notice to contractor form. And the statute permits them to use this combined form so that in one form they can send a notice in Florida that covers uh, private jobs that have lien rights, private jobs that have bond rights, and uh, public jobs that are bonded. So with this one form, uh, this combined form, they cover all the bases. So that's why you may see a document that's called a notice to owner slash notice to contractor. But if your job is bonded, you know, some people do it themselves and they will send what's called a notice to contractor, which is actually a separate form than the notice to owner form. 
that has to be served upon you and the surety no later than 45 days from their first work on the job. Now, remember, because it's your payment bond, you don't need to know, or I should say it differently, you already know that the subcontractor is on your project um, because you signed a contract with them. So as a result, you uh, th this direct subcontractor of yours does not need to send this notice to contractor form. It only applies to sub-subcontractors, material suppliers and rental companies to the subcontractor, or material and rental companies to the sub-subcontractor. So it's anyone that doesn't have a direct contract with you down the chain of contracts. Those are the people that need to serve this notice to contractor. So when you are keeping track on your bonded projects of who to get releases from, obviously it's everyone you signed a contract with who won't necessarily send you this notice to owner, notice to contractor, and then everyone else that sends you the notice to contractor form. Now, there are situations in which the time for this notice doesn't even start to run. And typically it's premised on the idea that a, a lien or someone who can make a claim on your bond doesn't know that the job is bonded. So let's run through what the statute gives as some situations in which I as a sub-subcontractor, for example, don't need to send my notice to owner right away, notice to contractor. So if you are on a if you are working on a public job or a private job and the notice of commencement is not recorded, or even if it is, there is no reference to the bond in the notice of commencement. I as a subcontractor or a sub-subcontractor, I don't know that the job is bonded. And as a result, my time to serve my notice to contractor doesn't even start to run until I become actually aware of the bond. So what are some other examples? Number three, on a public project, if the bond is never recorded, I'm gonna tell you a story about that one in a minute. Or if the lienor is not otherwise notified in writing of the existence of the bond. If any of those situations uh, occur, then a lienor, someone who has rights on your payment bond, they their time to serve the 45 day notice, that notice to contractor does not even begin to run until they actually have notice of the bond or or these items are corrected. So we represented um, a few years ago a sub subcontractor on a public project. And the general contractor in that project did not timely record their um, bond on this public project. So that's number three on the list. So once we found that out, um, when our client came to us, by the way, the job was completely done. He was fully demobilized from the job about 60 days. He never served a notice to contractor. Um, by the way, not because he uh, couldn't find the bond, but because he had a switch in his office team and they dropped the ball. They failed to timely serve this document um, by mistake on their, on their part. By the time he came to us, he was off the job for 60 days. We did some research and realized that it, one was a public project 
and two, that there was no recorded copy of the payment bond that the contractor should have recorded in the public record. Once we identified this issue, what we did is we um, figured out where, what job, who the surety was. We then sent a notice to contractor on our own. Now, remember, this is well after um, the start of the job. It's actually well into after he was off the job. The next day, we sent a notice of non-payment, and the day after, we filed the lawsuit. Now, because the contractor made this one mistake by not timely recording a copy of the bond in the public record, we were able to recover for this client all of the money he was owed, about $150,000, plus interest, plus all of his legal fees. So this was a very costly mistake for this contractor because it turns out that they actually did the right thing. They paid the subcontractor. So the party between the, the GC and us, the sub in between us, because we were the sub-sub, the contractor um, paid them all of the money that should have come to us. And that subcontractor ultimately filed for bankruptcy. So the contractor, in my example, had to pay twice to solve this problem. So this is a very expensive mistake that you have to be, that you have to be aware of. So you want to make sure that even though the owner may be the party that prepares the notice of commencement um, and the one that signs it, you want to make sure that a copy of your bond and a copy of and, and reference to the bond is in the notice of commencement. And to the extent you do public work, you want to make sure that the bond is timely recorded before you commence construction on that public project. So the next step is serving what's called the notice of non-payment, no later than 90 days from last work on the job. Again, just like the lien rule, 90 days is not three months, and the last work cannot include punch list or warranty work, and it does not include work um, or, or the mere passing of an inspection. Um, so those are the steps that a uh, sub or sub-sub needs to, or supplier needs to follow in order to have rights under your payment bond. A few other things to keep in mind. On a public project, if you are the GC, the your subs do not need to send that notice to contractor, that first notice. We talked about that already. But also be aware that your subs your direct subs on this public project do not need to serve the notice of non-payment, the second notice. Most people don't know this. So if I am a subcontractor to you on a public bonded project, the only requirement that I have in order to perfect my right against your payment bond is to file that lawsuit on the bond no later than one year from your from my last work on the project, which is the last step that everyone needs to follow. So anybody that wants to make a claim on your payment bond, in addition to all of the steps we talked about, they need to file a lawsuit against your surety no later than one year from their last work. Now, remember, we talked about lien rights and the time to file a lawsuit is one year from the uh, 
recording date of the claim of lien. In this situation, it is one year from the last work on the project. So we have a, a delta between when someone can sue on a lien and when someone can sue on your bond of up to 90 days. So keep that distinction in mind. We have had many clients who are subcontractors incorrectly perceive that or, or believe that they have one year from their from the day they serve their notice of non-payment on the bond because they equate the notice of non-payment and the claim of lien. That is not true. So remember, if one of your subs is intending to make a claim on your payment bond, they need to file that lawsuit no later than one year from their last work on the job. So one of the things that is absolutely critical is to make sure that you're tracking when people are on your projects. And by doing so, it will go a long way when these questions come up at the end of the job or after the job is over, and they say that their last work was June 7th, you can go back through your dailies um, or your, uh, the logs of the men and material on your job site. Um, however, you're tracking this on your project to say, no, no, you weren't there then. You were actually, the last day you were on the job was February 7th, um, but you need the documentation in order to prove that. So another really important piece of documentation you should be keeping during the course of the project. I appreciate the opportunity to uh, teach you all about some of these topics and uh, hopefully you found it useful and can put some of the stuff to, to, to work right away. Um, and again, send me any emails with any questions. Thanks again, everybody.